Before we get into today's episode, I'm hosting a national real estate investing conference here in Denver, Colorado. As a loyal podcast listener, I'd like to invite you to come. There's going to be over 300 people at this event with eight top experts flying in from three different countries around the world to share their expertise in their specific niche that they found success in. From notes, assisted living, self-storage, multifamily apartments, land banking, single family rentals, and triple net leases. I truly believe that this is going to be the most diverse and value-packed real estate event ever. General admission tickets are still available, but if you're serious about taking your real estate journey to a higher level, you'll want to get locked into a VIP ticket, which includes priority seating and a mastermind dinner with these high-level real estate investors. This event is on September 22nd, and it's coming up quick. Click the link in the show notes where I'm giving you 60% off to just my podcast listeners. I'd recommend you get your ticket now while they're still available. Book that flight and come see us in Denver. Man, in 2008, I kind of I sold my half of the mortgage company, my buddy, and just dove straight head into just buying distressed debt because we were doing a lot of short sales as well. And the bank's like, well, we don't really want to do a short sale, but we'll sell you the paper. Before we get into today's episode, I want to remind you that Blue Spruce Capital is lending on one to four unit fix and flips in multiple states. Contact Blue Spruce Capital by going to the show notes. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by realbluespruce.com. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Adams. And guys, you are in for a treat. We've got Scott Carson. Scott, how are you doing today? Man, I'm doing wonderful, Adam. Thanks for having me. Excited so, to be here. Oh, good. Hey, Scott Carson has had a very short day so far. He woke up at 5 o'clock and he started, actually, he started working at 5 o'clock a.m. And it is now 3.30 p.m. And don't worry, guys, after this, he only has to speak at a presentation, do a presentation at 6.30 p.m. So he will have a 14-hour day. Nonetheless, he's here with us. Thank you, Scott. And just a little background on Scott, he has weclosenotes.com. So you guys just type that in right now. It'll also be in the show notes. You can click on it. But weclosenotes.com. He's been an, a real estate investor since 2002. And then when the, we got into our crash, he got even smarter. And he says, I'm not going to own the properties. I'm going to own the debt for a discount. So in 2008 is when he actually started buying notes. Guys, you're lucky because we're going to teach you the way he got involved and the way he's been successful. So without further ado, Scott, tell us a little bit more about your background, anything that I missed. No, you hit it pretty well. I mean, I graduated college and went into the workforce, decided that wasn't what I wanted to do, started looking at entrepreneurial mindset, had a buddy of mine that uh, we were working in the finance industry for a company called Smith Barney back years ago in 2002. They closed the Austin, Texas office where I was working at, and uh uh, kind of struggled for a little while. I was one of those deadbeat borrowers out there trying to make a living because in 2002, three is when we had a lot of layoffs in Austin, Texas and you know, a lot of craziness. And fortunately, I, I hooked back up with him about a year, and a half, uh, about two years later and met some real estate entrepreneurs who were teaching real estate the right way. Subject twos, options, you know, fix and flipping. And I really learned how to do real estate the right way back in 2004 and uh, ran a mortgage company, worked with them. And really had like a four-year apprentice of how to be creative with wraparound financing, owner financing, and kind of the intro to notes aspect. And then when everything hit the fan in 2008, I kind of I sold my half of the mortgage company, my buddy, 
and just dove straight head into just buying distressed debt because we were doing a lot of short sales as well. And the bank's like, well, we don't really want to do a short sale, but we'll sell you the paper. And that's when the light went off. I was like, ah, I can buy the paper cheaper than I can buy the property. And that's, that was the big aha moment that I stopped doing everything else that I was doing. I stopped being a jack of all trades and was a master of just notes at that point. I love it. Thank you for going over that. So here's a few of the things that I want to talk about. Maybe a little bit about marketing or how you, how you market your company or, or what kind of a partnership you needed to get involved in to really grow and scale or perhaps some mindset stuff or where are you, where were your goals? Like what did you just have bigger goals than everybody else? And other things that we might get into is like, how is it that you're currently buying these notes? And then maybe talk about wraps or short sales if we have a little bit of time. So let's start with what do you think is the number one thing that makes your business so successful? Uh, hands down, we market. We are the best at what we do marketing wise. I mean, we've got, uh, I mean, that's what set me apart initially. I didn't have capital, a lot of capital back in 2008. So I had to kind of learn how to raise capital on the fly. And that, you know, I was posting deals, pictures of properties that we were looking at, you know, uh, working through the scenarios, literally just kind of break them down and doing, you know, Facebook 101 or LinkedIn 101 for the most part. And that obviously has grown over the last 10 years with all the great things that we have available. I mean, I was doing YouTube videos on deals, you know, walk-in apartments or walk-in houses before anybody else was doing it. And I've got, you know, thousands of videos out there now that literally are just 24 hour a day, seven day a week, 365 days a year. Uh, advertising for what we do and the case studies that we do. So marketing, uh, I've always enjoyed the marketing aspect. I think I'm a little bit different because I come in with a marketing mindset first. Uh, I teach my staff, we teach our students definitely, hey, marketing drives everything. It doesn't matter if you have a great deal. Uh, if you don't know how to market that deal, it's you're not going to have any capital raise. Same thing, if you've got all the money in the world, but you don't know how to market to find deals and get in front of the asset managers or the bankers, they're not going to know that you're looking for stuff out there. So I, I'm a big believer that the very first thing we do on a daily basis when we walk in or we're looking at an asset is what can we take that we're learning and use it to market, whether it's a photo, rent rates, you know, exit strategies, uh, payment histories, the market, what can we use to help market that deal to make it attractive? Great. I, I don't even think we're going to have enough time to cover everything that's in your brain actually, but let's get starting and just see if we can dig in and try. So first off, um, let's talk about the social platforms that you're using. You did mention YouTube, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Are those the main focuses? Pretty much. Uh, we actually use a lot more with Vimeo.com uh, than YouTube. YouTube, we share everything over there. So we have those two main uh, channels. YouTube's the second largest search engine out there. So you'd be silly not to use that, right? Okay. Um, why, why Vimeo at all? It gives me some extra features, some stuff that I can do um, creatively with our videos. It's a little bit easier to upload, a little easier to check out the analytics. I can really dive in to my videos to see where people are watching down to like the zip code. So it helps us wow. with our nationwide audience. Okay, uh, so you're really into marketing. So that's why you like Vimeo because it gives you all those tools. Right. We Got it. So let me ask you this and sorry to cut you off. Uh, let me ask you this. So if you have one video, and, it, and it's the same intro, the same outro, the same video. It's just literally the same MP4. Can you, will um, YouTube and Vimeo, will they get mad if you're on both platforms? I haven't seen that yet. It's okay. been almost equal downloads and equal traffic on both of them. So. Okay, okay. So I cut you off. What were you about to say? Well, I just say Facebook it has so many great tools that you can use as well. Videos there, now the live streams, um, 
using the analytics of being able to identify people in zip codes or, or what they make or their job title. If you're marketing for capital, that's a really easy place to, to market online if you know what you're doing. Okay, so there's really two parts to your business. Is that right? One is getting the notes. One is, well, actually, there's a lot because you got to get the notes, you got to get the capital, and you probably eventually want to sell notes sometimes. Yeah, that's why you call it find, fund, and flip. You know, okay. we find them, we so get let's, them funded. Let's pause then and, and just talk about the business model. So, for anybody who doesn't understand what you do, uh, just kind of go through that. So, we buy distressed mortgages direct from banks and hedge funds. What that means is if somebody's not paying their mortgage, for a period of time, there's a lot of banks and lending institutions that have these loans on their books. They really want to sell off. They don't want to have to foreclose because it takes them longer and usually about three times more expensive to handle that. So we'll come in, buy that debt at a huge discount off of current market value, and then become the bank. And then where we make the majority of our money is to reach out to the homeowners and try to work out some sort of modification, you know, deed lieu, cash for keys. Uh, short sale or, you know, if we have to, we still end up foreclosing about 45% of the time, but that's where we're making our money as we become the bank and we offer creative solutions to the, the borrowers because if they owe a hundred and the house is only worth 80, uh, they're not really that motivated. But if we come in and bought that debt, say at, uh, you know, 50 cents in the dollar, at, you know, 50 grand, there's 30 K in technically equity between what we bought that debt at versus what the properties were. So we've got some flexibility to make the numbers work for the bar. And sometimes borrowers just need a, a hand up, you know, they've lost their job or, you know, been laid off or got sick or went through the big D, you know, and uh, we just have to give them kind of an opportunity. So there's a, a really great way to create win-wins in what we do. Okay, so you were talked about uh, Deed and Lou. Um, you also talked about uh, Cash for Keys. What was the other one? Um, uh, short sales, loan mod. Short, okay, so yeah, loan mod. That was the one that I was looking for. But so what happens then, Scott? For the borrower, if you do one of these, are you um, giving them like, what would it be, a W-9 or something to say that they made that on their tax return or what? It's, I, it's up to me. There's no way to track. And one of the great things is if they don't work with us, you better believe I send them a, a 1099 at the end of the year for all that. Okay, okay. Work with us in the creative. There's a lot of times we don't forgive principal right off the bat because we want to, if we forget it right off the bat and they you know, go default on, default on us, then we can't foreclose on the full amount. So it's usually a one year, 18 month process before we ever really look at forgiving something. Now we'll talk with them and say, listen, if you make 12 months of payments, then we'll forgive your back payments. Or we'll, at, in 12 months, we reevaluate re re the situation and figure out what the value of the property is. So love it, love it. Okay, so let's, let's now talk about, so let's just say that we have altruistic uh, listeners and they just really want to help people. They want to use creative strategies the way you're doing it and actually benefiting, uh, you know, the community, getting rid of some of these foreclosures and, and trying to help people out of a bad situation. How do the listeners actually find this bad debt? How would they be able to get by it? Well, well, first and foremost, I would tell you not getting this business then. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because awesome. Go, th go through that. Because the fact is, you, if, if you give people a mile, they'll take 10. If you give them a foot, they'll try to take a mile. You have to be, a, you have to run a business. Now, I donate to charities. That doesn't mean I am a charity. All right? I'm in this for business. I'm in this to make money. Now, I work out plenty of situations helping people out of bad situations, okay? Um, the thing is, if, there's tons of banks out there that have bad debt in their books, but you're not going to reach out to J.P. Morgan Chase or Citibank or Wells Fargo, any of the big, you know, top 10, 15 banks because they're not going to deal with you on a one-off basis. I mean, you can't go around and say, oh, there's 20 people with Citibank mortgages in my neighborhood. I'm going to call the bank to try to buy those 20. They won't waste their time with you. So okay. 
what we do is we reach out to a variety of different banks. They send us lists that we could cherry pick from from all across the country. You know, with, with the idea, hey, it's occupied, okay, taxes are paid on time or more a year, is power on, you know, what's going on, uh, doing a little bit of stalking of the borrowers on the social media sites to see if they're working or other things. And then as we reach out to the borrowers, you know, everybody starts with a clean slate with us. What happened? You know, do you want to stay or do you want to go? Okay, if you want to stay, you got to pay, but let's work out a situation that makes sense for it. Maybe it's adjusting your payment, dropping it down or increasing it, you know, there's a variety of solutions that you can be creative with to really create some win-wins. Awesome. So uh, let's talk a little bit about how much work is it to, um, to go through this. Let's say, how many notes do you buy at one time? It varies. Sometimes okay. it's one off, sometimes it's hundreds. Okay. Uh, I will say you have more success the more deals you do because you have the law of numbers working for you and dollar cost averaging across the board. Yeah. Where, uh, you know, when you buy, when you bid on more, you get more accepted. Uh, honestly, a new investor is probably only going to have about a 10% acceptance ratio right off the, the bat. So when, when I'm teaching people, I'm like, listen, make at least 10, 15 offers because you'll get two or three finally accepted after you go through due diligence and other things. If you only make an offer on one and it doesn't get accepted or they counter back at a price you don't want to do, well, then you're sitting there twiddling your thumbs. Go big. All right. Okay. Awesome. Go big, make 10, 20 offers because half of them are going to get wiped out based on due diligence and things that you see while you're going, you know, going through those numbers before you end up closing. Do you buy the first mortgage, the second mortgage, or both? I only buy first mortgages. Well, I, I, well, I have bought some seconds, but the only time I bought behind, uh, buy, bought seconds was when they were behind my first. Okay, so okay. I, I only focus on first lien, disease raise capital there. If I'm going to do some work, I want to get a, a big check. You know, I want to get a $50,000 check, not a $5,000 check. And, and this is not bashing seconds. It's just that you don't see many of them around. Now, there's, you know, there's five, ten, five to 10 times the amount of firsts as there were seconds out there. And with the market increasing, sec seconds are overpriced, a lot less inventory in the last eight to nine years. So they're, they're not, they're, there's still people buying them and things, but there's only really about three sources for seconds out there for the most part. Whereas with firsts, you know, we're buying from, you know, hundreds of banks. Awesome. Okay. So let's talk, how do you raise capital? You know, we, we do a lot of social media. We deal with talking with, uh, in public, like I'm, where I'm speaking at tonight. Um, that's one of the best things that we do. I get people that will watch our videos and our marketing and stuff like that. And then I get phone calls. Hey, I've been watching you or stalking you for six months. I'd like to talk about doing a deal with you. I'm like, okay, great. Let's see if you're a fit. Let's, what, what have you done before? What are you doing now? What are you, what, what are your goals? You know, some people are good fits. Some other people, huh? we're not really the right fit for you. You know, but it's all about the marketing. If you, you know, it's all about marketing. It's all about networking, going out to meetup groups or real estate clubs or IRA uh, events. That's where it all comes from. Um, it's the note business. While everybody doesn't really know about it, everybody's actually in the paper game. Okay. Everybody who's got a mortgage or car note, student loans, credit card debt, you're in the paper game. You're just on the wrong side of the payment. <laughs> okay. There you go. So, and then, you know, it's not the easiest concept because a lot of people are like, oh, you're not a fix and flipper? No, I'm not a fix and flipper. I become the bank. And, you know, we work to try to, to, to you know, keep them in the house. We actually get more, make more money by keeping them in the house. So I always like to say, we're not rehabbing the property, we're rehabbing the borrower. And that helps people identify opportunities because everybody likes lending their money out in a variety of things. Some people want to learn more and be more hands-on and, and get into the nitty gritty. Other people just want to be passive. So it's just a matter of, talking to people and finding out where they kind of fit in those buckets. 
Okay. I, I love it. And I have so many questions for you. My next one is, are you an educator? Do you teach people how to buy notes? I do. Uh, I've been teaching since 2010. Um, but I will say this, we are a buyer first. We make the majority of our money doing actual deals. Um, I'm not one of these guys that just educates and then doesn't do any deals. I've, you know, we've averaged a couple hundred deals every year for the last eight years. So buying first, always buying every quarter. Um, we teach workshops about once every three to four months. We do it all online. I don't do any hotel workshops. We try to make it easy for people to get in. But my biggest goal is, is our company name is We Close Notes. That's, you know, not, we teach notes, we close notes. So we're buying plenty of assets. Um, I'm really proud that we have a lot of students that close on, on quite a few deals have changed a lot of lives through our education side. But the education side, more so than anything else, is to get the word out what we do and then actually it helps us raise capital too. I, that was actually my next question is, is if the education helped you to raise capital. So oh, totally because we kind of dumb it down. We, we nut and bolts it, you know, A to Z. So people understand they're like, Oh, I get it. I don't want to do that work. I'm just gonna write you a check. <laughs> okay, right. Love it. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. All right. So uh, let's talk about returns and, and we'll ask it in a couple ways. So first off, what are kind of like the overall returns that you can get if you're just a note investor? And then secondly, when you're raising money, what kind of returns are you seeing and what kind of returns are your investors seeing? You want, you want me to give away the, the, the golden goose there, aren't you? No, oh, I, yeah. I don't, what, the way I look at deals is I don't want to get into skinny deals because we don't have a, um, a lack of deal flow. All right. So when we're looking at assets, I rarely pay above 50 cents of the actual market value for the property based on the note amount. Okay. So we take that note down, we buy it, we try to get it rehabbed, rehab the borrower, get them paying on time for 12 months. And then we'll sell that note off as a reperformer somewhere at 85 to 90% of, of the value of the note at that point. So trying to bring in somewhere between 35 and 40% in, in a 12 to 18 month period. Um, we have that's, that's really bad returns, isn't it? It's horrible. I mean, it's, <laughs> that's awesome. It is. I mean, it's the thing you keep it. People get excited about a lot of fix and flips that can be you know, one to three months or four months, but then they're waiting around for another asset, another deal for eight months. Or we're constantly buying assets or have stuff that's tracking. And about half the time, the loans will start performing and that throws off cash flow, which means then we don't have to foreclose. And then we also don't have to put work in to repair the property because somebody's taking care of that. And then after 12 months, it's a reperforming note. It's revalued at something that's exciting. And we can sell that note off to hedge funds or IRA investors who want a straight stream of income. But, uh, you know, we have people come say, hey, I, I want a flat return. I'm looking for, you know, 6% or 6, you know, 6 to 12% somewhere in between there. And you know, depending on what they've invested in in the past, what they're looking for. Um, and then there's other people that want to do a lot more active, be more passive, kind of earn uh, while they learn. And then usually those are like, you know, 50-50 splits. They fund the deal, we'll fund expenses. Uh, when we sell the asset off, they get their investment back first, expenses covered second, then we'll split the, the profits that you did. A lot of good stuff. Okay, let's talk about your partners. You talking about JV partners, investors? Uh, I guess any any type of partnership that you had to get into. So do you have a business partner that you that you run this with or you're partnering with different banks and then also your JV or equity partners? Yeah. So it, it's the beautiful thing about note investing is it's a vendor-heavy industry. We have servicing companies that handle a lot of the, the, the loan reach out. There are attorneys that are, are vendors that are doing foreclosures that are doing actually the borrower reach out. Um, I don't really drive and, and talk to borrowers that much anymore. I've got you know, staff that handles that in the office initially. Um, once they reach, you know, borrower reaches out to, to us, say, hey, we want to stay okay. That, that allows us to direct it to our 
servicing company. They call us and tell us to F off, you know, all that good stuff. Okay, great. They're going to the attorney to start the foreclosure process. <laughs> and it's just tracking it. And that's a beautiful thing. I can do this business from wherever I'm located. Um, I just yeah. got back from a three-week vacation in Europe. You know, I, I answered a couple emails while I was traveling. Text messaging, I ended up getting six proper, six of my notes modified. Walk on, the attorney was texting me and we were just communicating that way. I didn't pick up the phone once. I got to really enjoy my life. And that's the biggest thing. I control my business. My business doesn't control me. So Okay. Do you yourself have employees or business partners, uh, both in buying notes, finding notes, uh, maybe doing some of this admin work or with your education company? So we have, I've got staff that's doing, it helps with the marketing. It helps with the due diligence because really if you want to go big in anything, the, the most important hire you can make is your, is to hire that assistant. Your, any assistant you hire, especially as a first, if you're a brand new investor or somebody who's looking to go full time, hire an assistant. They should help make you six figures right off the bat. Because okay. they're doing all the low level stuff you don't need to do. And there's a lot of moving parts in the note business with stuff getting recorded and following up with attorneys and stuff like that. So I, I, I've got a pretty small staff. Uh, of people, I've got VAs that help out with due diligence and also help out with other things. But I, you know, we've got, I run two offices out of a Regis uh, complex here in Austin, Texas. I mean, I could have a much bigger office, but that, that doesn't make sense too much in overhead. Uh, I don't have business partners. I don't believe, I don't think you really need that. I, now, it's not, nothing wrong with having some um, people who partner up for projects, you know, I think like that. But I, honestly, the biggest mistake I've made in, in my last 10 plus years of note investing is when I brought, brought a partner on that wasn't as motivated, as focused as I was, and it always led to conflict. So if you can, I mean, you, you're able to do a lot of things yourselves in today's world that others could not do 10 years ago with the ease of you know, inventory and marketing and technology. Don't be afraid. And there's also vendors that you can really outsource that you know, instead of you hiring on a partner to give away 30, 40, 50% of the business, just hire a vendor and you'll end up saving a lot more money and making a lot more money and have a lot less headaches too. Cause then you're like the general manager of your team and not the, not the grunts. All right. So I'm your new student mm -hmm. and you're going to share with me how to get involved and bring my own assistant in. And I'm arguing with you saying, I don't know if I have, I don't know if it makes sense. What do you say? Uh, well, start somebody at 10, 10 hours a week. You can hire a couple of interns for 10 hours a week. Get them on. Have, because there's a variety of things. And I, I would have you do, figure out exactly what you want to make in 12 months. All right? Okay, take okay. Say you want to make 120 grand. We'll take that number divided by 12 for monthly. You want to make 10 grand a month. Okay, divide that by four weeks. That's 2,500 a week. How many hours do you work, a week do you want to work? Well, I want to work 25. Okay, that means you're worth $100 an hour. That's what you are valuing yourself at. Now, everything below $100 an hour, you need to offsort to somebody else. And then you just do the jobs that are either $100 an hour or greater or that you can save $100 by doing that. But anything below that, you need to outsource to somebody else so that you clone yourself. So you're not doing a menial task of like signing contracts or checking the mail or running and getting your dry clean. Um, one of the best things you could do, I would tell you to go ahead and quit doing your own laundry. Turn your, do, do laundry in four minutes, bag it up, drop it off in two minutes to somebody that does the wash and fold and then pick it up when it's later, it's ready a day later, it takes you two minutes, saves you hours, saves you time. Plus if you've got a girlfriend or a wife or somebody else doing the laundry, you're going to make them a whole lot happier. Awesome. How about mowing your own lawn? Yeah, don't do that. No, <laughs> pay, pay somebody to do that. I mean, that's the thing. There are so many great companies that they can do it cheaper really than you do. I mean, it's like 
would you go ch change your own oil in your truck? No. You probably could do that. I used to. I, same here, man. I used to love <laughs> home in the yard, but when I looked at the two hours it took me or the three hours it took me and what my value was worth, I was like, you know, initially I was worth $100 an hour. Well, that's 300 bucks I could have spent on marketing, technically. I could have paid the kid down the street 50 bucks and had my, my three hours do whatever the hell I wanted. So start valuing your hour if you really want to be an entrepreneur and, and a business owner versus being self-employed. Wow. The, we've got a lot of great information so far. I am going to skip right into the final five. Let's, let's kind of wrap this up. I want to ask you, actually here, let's do a quick uh, break. We'll go for our sponsors and we'll be right back. Want daily interviews with real estate investors and none of the fluff? Go to bestevershow.com where Joe Fairless interviews daily real estate investors and entrepreneurs about their best advice ever. Go to bestevershow.com. Creating a great first impression isn't just important, it's necessary. Your logo is an extension of your personal brand. Whether you're looking for a brand refresh or a full rebrand, Tannis at Immense Designs can create logos, business cards, you name it. I've been working with Tannis on creating our brand material, and I can't be happier. So contact Tannis at ImmenseDesigns.us and open your world to immense possibilities. All right. What's the most creative deal that you've done, Scott Carson? Most creative deal I did uh, a couple of years back, I had a hedge fund send me a list of about 75 assets they were wanting to move off their books at the end of the year. And they had been trying to move the whole thing and they weren't having any success because like the bottom of the barrel stuff. So I said, listen, let me put the whole thing under contract for your base amount and then give me you know, 90 days on a non-exclusive option agreement to go out and move them one at a time. And anything that I can move for more than two, three, or two or three. Um, grand, you said a, a non-exclusive? A non-exclusive option agreement. Okay. Okay. Sorry to interrupt you. No, no, no. I saw it. Everybody does that. Like, what? I, it doesn't matter. It makes the whole wording of a non-exclusive option agreement makes them feel like, oh, well, I have the right to go ahead and market this myself. I'm like, yeah, if you want to, but they had no success. They'd already been trying to do it for six months. So for 10 bucks, I put $1.6 million worth of real estate under contract at low rock bottom prices. And then I was able to go out and market them all individually to individual investors through meetup.com or postlets or Craigslist even. Hey, here's deals. And I was making, you know, two, three, four, five. Most of I made was 15 grand on one of the deals. Basically in the, in the next 90 days, I made over 150 grand by doing that. And the, the other assets that I didn't sell, they just reverted back to the seller. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, thanks for going over that. All right, so what is a book that you'd recommend for the listeners? Oh, uh, I would recommend uh, Outwitting the Devil. This is by Napoleon Hill and, and basically kind of rewritten by Sharon Lecter, who's the co-author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Uh, Outwitting the Devil was written back in 1938 by Napoleon Hill, who's the author of Think and Grow Rich. His wife would not let him publish it because she was too worried about the fact that in the book, it's like he's interviewing the devil. And, and how successful the de devil is, is keeping good people from accomplishing their goals. And in the, in the book, it talks about the devil's like, listen, I get people to drift. You know, when they're not solely focused or they're chasing too many squirrels or trying to be a jack of all trades, they're all over the place. They're not successful at all. That's how I win. When you're focused and avoid the drifting, you get more done. You are able to help a lot more people and be a lot more successful and really create a lot of, of goodwill out there because you're accomplishing things where others are just failing. So. One of the best books I would recommend it. I literally buy, I have bought, I don't know, a couple hundred copies for the last couple of years. I give it out Christmas, give it out classes all the time. I think it's the uh, the best book that I've read ever. Um, just It's just amazing. 
Is it pretty easy to find? Can you just go to Amazon? Oh, yeah. yeah. Outwitting the devil, you'll be able to find it. No, no problem. No question. Great. Thank you. All right. So, Scott, look, think back just five years. Where were you? What were you doing? And then where will you be five years from today? So five years ago, I was in the middle of traveling basically nonstop. I was, I was coming to the end. I was about halfway through traveling nonstop for three years around the country, teaching and buying assets. I uh, sold everything in Austin two years earlier, and me and the dog were just traveling nonstop, going to meetups, going to meeting with asset managers at banks, stuff like that. It was absolutely an amazing time. Uh, I, I was divorced. You know, so I literally was kind of, not not, not divorced, not, not, not getting married or anything like that. But I was kind of free to do as I want. And it just worked out so perfectly. I mean, three years nonstop living all across the country, just having a blast and uh, just really just exploding my business. Got the word out, helped me market, bought a lot of assets, looked at a lot of assets, and it just really exploded. Now, five years from now, man, I, I will probably be living somewhere on a beach outside the United States. Somewhere, we're still doing notes because we'll always have distressed debt. Um, I think we'll be coming out of another downturn at that point, actually. I foresee us having a downturn in the next 12 to 24 months, but living somewhere with my toes in the sand and a cold beer in the hand. Great. How do you give back? Uh, a couple ways. One, we're very big on past and present military and first responders. So anybody who is a you know, past military, any of the branches, Coast Guard, whatever, National Guard, uh, or first responder, police, fire, medical, we comp them into our workshops. And then we also... Uh, donate money. I mean, we donate hundreds of thousands of dollars to different charities from uh, Make-A-Wish to Toys for Tots to other uh, uh, charities that work with kids with the deformities. They go in and have surgeries uh, to help these kids out. It's out in San Diego. It's really, really great company. Or great company, great uh, charity out there that helps out. But we've donated over a quarter million dollars in the last eight and a half years to them. That's amazing. Uh, let me ask you, so why the military? Is that something, why is it so close to you? Um, I, I've not been in the military. I, I wasn't, I was going to go into the Marines out of high school, but I ended up having an act, athletic and academic scholarship. Uh, I just had a lot of friends that have been over there and I've always had a, a spot in my heart for those guys that have given, you know, given sacrifices, you know, taking time away to go defend our country. I, I'm very, I, I love the United States, very patriotic. Um, I just, it's my way of giving back. If, if I can help those guys get a, a leg up to do chase their dreams where they put their dreams on hold to go do something else and make us make our dreams available. I'm willing to do that. So very, very glad to help out military and first responders any way we can. That's great. Okay. So, uh, you've got a 40 page ebook. Is that right? 52 page ebook, actually 52 <laughs> pages, even better. Same as a deck of cards, 52 page ebook. E and the way that the listeners, if you guys want this free ebook that Scott's written, that kind of kind of get you into this game or initially it is totally free and you it's easy to get you just text the word ebook right nope text, text the word notes 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 all right the, i'm i am ruining it but that's okay we are fixing it 52 page ebook but you text notes which makes uh total sense to 72000 so 72000 right 72 yep. and then three zeros Okay, how else would they get a hold of you, find your workshops, or buy notes from you, or invest with you? Very easy. You just go to weclosenotes.com. When you go on the website, you'll see immediately three boxes pop up, you know, attend a workshop, buy notes, or, or learn more about what we're doing. So weclosenotes.com. You can search Scott Carson out there, and we're all over the internet and social media as well. 
Well, you've had a ton of value today. Thank you for sharing the ins and outs of how you make your business successful. Is there anything else you want to leave the listeners with? Any other info that we missed? Uh, I was just saying a lot of people have the misconception that you need 2 million, 5 million, 10 million bucks to, to get in the note business because that's what it was 20 years ago or 15 years ago. That's not the case. We have a lot of investors that get started at 25, 50 grand. They're buying two or three assets and they're getting their feet wet and then just exploding from there because they learn how to market and raise capital. All great information. Thanks again, Scott. Appreciate your time. And until next time, my friend, think outside the box. If you love this content, please leave a review and share this podcast with your friends. As a reminder, any investment opportunities mentioned on this show are for accredited investors only. I'm ready to have that conversation with you. It's pretty easy to set up. There's a link to my online calendar available for you in the show notes. Scroll down now and pick a time on there that works best for both of us. Until next time, think outside the box.